Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by Mubi, the curated streaming service showcasing exceptional films from around the globe. For your free 30-day trial subscription, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. Baby, I'm playing on you tonight. Hunt you down, eat you alive. Just like animals, animals like animals. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for filmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Brian J. Rowan. This is the first time that I've had to stop myself from laughing because of the song choice. I laughed. <laughs> I heard that. And I was like literally biting my finger. Of all the weird songs I've ever chosen to start these with, for some reason, it's Maroon 5 that just broke me. It works. It's it, literally like the third word is pray. So like, yeah, it's got to be. Um, anyway, so that's me. I'm Brian Giro. And you just heard from Robin Barr. Hey, girl. Hey, hey girl. Hey. Um, we also have Bill Graham. Protect the dog. <laughs> yeah, dog. And with us today to talk about Prey, the new film in the Predator franchise, which is out on Hulu right now, our special guest, Desba. My name is Desba, and I'm happy to be here. I'm... Uh, an actor in Dark Dark Winds, and I'm actually also a staff writer on Dark Winds. That is awesome. I have, obviously I've been watching Better Call Saul. So I've seen, as you must, if you want to be on film Twitter, and I've seen so many commercials for that, and I am like, I just like, I'm amped to start it, because it seems like it's everything that I need in my life. So it is great. To dark wins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, better cause all we all know. Yeah, whatever. But like, dark. I mean, wins, it's getting amazing reviews. It came awesome. out when we were traveling. So I didn't get to see it yet. But I'm real excited to watch it. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it's like, I think the number one um, breakout AMC plus streaming debut or something to that effect. Take that. Kevin can fuck himself. (laughs) (laughs) That show is not good. I haven't seen a single episode of that. You know what's great about that show? Okay. Here's my opinion on that show. The sitcom scenes are amazing and everything else is terrible. So like the guy who plays for like shitty sitcom husband is actually excellent because he's totally satirizing that type of performance. But anyway, um, otherwise the show sucks, but. All right. Well, I've heard take, nothing but good things about Dark Winds. Let me tell you. Take that. <laughs> and it got picked up right away. Like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I think we were barely airing on the second episode, and AMC's like, yeah, we're doing season two. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, that was like, my friends and I were like, wow, that was quick. Yeah, we were, you know, it's always it's always just like that. You know, you hear about Netflix canceling another show after the first season. I don't even mm-hmm. know if we have what is it? Um, other films that are, or TV shows that are filmed out here in New Mexico, like out of range. You know, I was actually really interested in, I don't think they've announced whether or not it's coming back. Is yeah, that the show's hole? actually pretty good. Is that the one with the yeah, it's about the hole. Yeah, yeah, about the hole in the ground. <laughs> not to be flippant, that's literally really good performances. the only I know about it. It's the only time I've ever liked Josh Brolin. Was <laughs> when he's angry <laughs> and I mean, shirtless. He's, he's, <laughs> he's actually really warm in that role because normally he plays the angry dude and he's actually just like kind of a, just kind of like an old grandpa, and I, I just like that version of him. You didn't like him in in like uh, Sicario. You didn't like. Him I in hate the, that movie. Oh, for God's sakes! All right, uh, what was the other one I was going to say? <laughs> no Country for Old Men. I don't really remember him in that. 
He's literally the main character. He's the old man or the country? He's the country. Okay. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones is the old man. Okay. He's kind of that. I like um the, the guy who kills people with the cow gun. Oh, that's he's Anton Chigurh. He's, yeah. he's the no. Javier Bardem. Right, right. <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> he's the no. It is a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like that movie. I just don't remember Josh Brolin. Brolin's a great character actor, I would God, say. You know what's a great movie is There Will Be Blood. But you know who gets lost in that? I was Daniel just going to say, I you know, much I prefer There no Will idea. Be Blood. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Oh, my God. Not Any- Oscar voters, though. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so, <laughs> Spots, great to have you here. This is, this is yeah. how we are. Um, we're it's one great. big ornery family. And uh, um, Does Bod, do you want to share how we know each other? <laughs> Um, yeah, we went to uh, Amherst College together go <laughs> back in the day, but we're not going to go how, how long ago. <laughs> I'm not going to say. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Was it around 1719? Yes, exactly. Yes, yeah. Back when we were still the Lord Jeffs and yes. uh, we found, was it? This was it. What is it? Smallpox blankets oh, and God, uh, China. China, <laughs> the fine china that was hidden in the back closet that had like cowboys chasing Indians and no, stuff. No, this is like a real thing. So our the mascot of our college was a I don't know if he was a general, but he was some kind of British military person. Lord and, Jeffrey Amherst. Yeah, Lord Jeffrey Amherst. And the mascot was a joke because it's such a it's such a stupid mascot. But the the rumor about Jeff Jeff George, Jeffrey Amherst is that he he suggested to the colonists that they provide smallpox uh, smallpox blankets to the natives that were living in the area as part of you know bio warfare. So that was uh, it, he was a popular mascot until he wasn't until people were like this is actually uh, genocidal and we don't like this. So um, they changed it to the mammoths a few years ago. And I think it's a, a much better fit. They changed it to yeah. the what? The mammoths. Oh, the mammoths. Okay. Yeah. And and it's the mammoths because we have a very, um, a very good geology department that actually has a mammoth, like a full mammoth in the geo. Ooh, ooh. Oh, I thought yeah, you were a geo major, right? Yeah. As a geology major. Yeah. That's awesome. I, so it all comes full circle. Like, <laughs> totally full of, circle. There were like a lot of fossils on campus or something. Yeah, yes, there was a lot prints. of dinosaur and mammoth discoveries in the in the region where we went to college because it's very mountainous. I just found out that apparently like the Route 1 corridor that I live on, slowly giving people more ammunition to figure out where exactly I live so they can stalk me. Um, I could just tell them. <laughs> you could. Um, I mean, everybody, everybody, everybody knows, knows the distillery. Me. I put yeah, exactly. the distillery every episode. Um but yeah, apparently every time they do construction on Route One, they're like they have to stop because they find fossils. And I was like, how do I not hear about these things? That's oh, well, that's really interesting. I know it's awesome. Yeah, Noah's Raven, very popular, mm-hmm. really cool. Noah's Raven. Yeah, Edward Hitchcock, who was like the founder of like the geology department. And I'm probably getting this wrong, but like he found giant bird prints in the mud, you know, off the side of the road by the highway back oh. in the you know 1700s. <laughs> Like literally, <laughs> yeah. No. But uh, he found these giant uh, bird-like footprints, and so he just because he was, you know, back then it, there was like this uh, bridge between science and religion. So he just said this was proof that Noah's raven actually existed. But oh, in a sense, like Noah's ark. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in a sense, he was kind. He was a naturalist. So in a, in a sense, he kind of sort of was right because, you know, there's like the Sorostrianians and the Ostokarians, the two different types of dinosaurs, um, the lip, the hip, the lizard hips and the bird. The bird hips. Yeah, the bird hips. Oh, OK. So he, he was just basically proven right. Just. 300 years later. Yeah, for, for the most part. pods that became the birds, right? Isn't that? Something. I just know that there was like holes in the head and there was like three and then there's like one and two. And that's like has to do with like the bones and the hip structure and like the pubis bone, like jutting forward versus backwards. And I don't remember. That was the paleontology part. <laughs> you truly are a geo major because I don't know <laughs> anything about this. <laughs> Yeah, theropods. I was not a dinosaur kid, as we have established on this show. Theropods, a dinosaur uh, clade that is characterized by hollow bones and three toes and claws on each limb. Yes. Nice. He didn't look that up. That's from memory. Yeah. Right, it could have been, but I, I did uh, look it up because since we have someone who's actually educated on this podcast for once, I didn't want to. <laughs> what want, do you mean by that? I just I didn't want to coast on my confidence. <laughs> not take that know. literally everyone else who's ever been on this podcast <laughs> oh man well we're and very happy to have you on so thank yes you. thank you thank yes we you. are this is already a top 10 episode um <laughs> dinosaurs wow and so let's talk about the let's let's segue into <laughs> speaking yeah, what of predatory creatures actually speaking of tracking and footprints this one goes yeah, out to no the kidding. person who was in our slack which you can join by going to patreon.com slash the film stage show who pointed out that at some point during our top gun maverick episode we said let's go back to dinosaurs for one second <laughs> apparently dinosaurs are going to be a constant on this podcast from now on um so that's a plug for our Patreon, patreon.com slash filmstageshow. Um, don't forget that we are also brought to you by Mubi, uh, the streaming service that showcases exceptional films from all around the globe. Everyday Mubi is a brand new film. From iconic directors to emerging auteurs, there's always something new to discover. With Mubi, each and every film is hand-selected. It's like your own personal film festival streaming anytime, anywhere. And you at home can try Mubi for free for 30 days by going to mubi.com slash filmstage. That is once again, mubi.com slash filmstage for a whole month of great cinema for free. And don't forget to go and check out the Mubi podcast where you can learn all about historically significant movie theaters with previous guests from this show who is now canonically not educated, I guess. Um, and you'll have a great time listening to that. So check that out. And don't forget to go to mubi.com slash filmstage for a free month of great cinema for free. And now that we've gotten the plugs out of the way, yes, we can talk about Prey. This is uh, the newest film from director Dan Trachtenberg. And it is a prequel to the Predator film franchise, I guess is the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That sounds great. Um... Yeah, this movie out on Hulu right now stars Amber Midthunder and uh, is uh, readily available for anyone who wants to go and watch it right now. So here is the trailer. Why do you want to hunt? Because you all think that I can't. 
saw a sign in the sky. I'm ready. trailer for prey which again is out on hulu now we begin as always uh with our basic nutshell thoughts before moving into more spoilery thoughts and we will begin with our guests desba what were your thoughts on prey that was awesome it was fucking awesome um (laughs) it's hard for me to be subjective about it because i do know amber personally Um, and so I'm just like, on one hand, I'm just so incredibly happy for her to be able to have this huge, huge, huge break. I mean, she's done some other stuff too, but like, this is, this is monumental. Um, I know Jane Myers, the executive producer. And so just to have friends in the industry, be able to create such an amazing piece of work. Um, and I really feel like just the, for everything from like this, the scenes and the cultural stuff to like even the graph, um, the uh, CGI and um, just keeping like the storyline of Predator. I'm not a huge Predator fan, but I have seen it um, here and there, but just being able to mash all that together. And um, it was very super entertaining. Plus I also uh, believed it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the key elements in story is believability. So I'm just, I was just blown away by it. Awesome. Bill Graham. So I think, uh, Trachtenberg's two for two and making basically impossible, uh, you know, franchise related material at this point. Um, he did 10 Cloverfield lane, which I fucking loved. He did this one, which I also quite enjoyed. Um, I didn't enjoy it as much as 10 Cloverfield lane, but I think mainly that was just because of the surprise of what 10 Cloverfield lane was and things like that. It, it, you know, if you haven't seen it, I'm not going to try and spoil it for you, but it's, it's not quite what you expect out of, uh, that, title and uh a franchise spinoff in that way um but this one is kind of right up the alley with what you might expect um but it's a little bit better uh especially compared to a lot of the spinoffs and uh other uh variations that they've made out of the predator franchise um i think this one's maybe number two um right there up Uh, up there with the original um i really quite enjoyed this and um i think the action is very very good especially the hand-to-hand action uh in particular uh usually that's uh involving uh people fighting people um if that gives you a little bit of an indication of uh where this film ends up going at certain points um but yeah, overall, I wasn't quite sure what to, uh, you know, think coming into this. Um, a lot of these sequels have had kind of a lot of pomp and circumstance around them because the original and, you know, the, I mean, to be frank, the creature design is so iconic that it kind of sells itself um, in a lot of ways, and they still manage to make mediocre movies out of it. Um, So uh, this one was a pleasant surprise in how much I enjoyed it. Um, Yeah. 
All right. Robin Barr. Yeah. Uh, I had a really good time at this one. Um, so I, I was not really at all familiar with Predator. It's not something I would have watched as a kid, yada, yada. And we've talked a lot about how I'm just really not drawn to action movies that much. So uh, my husband and I watched Predator uh, earlier this week, you know, just to give myself um, an idea of what this franchise is all about. And I did think it was good. It's a movie, the original movie Predator is a movie that I appreciate maybe more than I actively enjoy, mostly because of the genre stuff. Um, you know, I it's like I thought that the concept was really good. I liked the the use of special effects, the use of makeup, um, the the genre melding, how that how the movie changes from you know, what you think is sort of like a guerrilla warfare type of movie to sci-fi slash horror. I mean, that stuff really works very well. But overall, you know, there was a lot of, it just is a lot of the like micro movie choices were just like, I didn't really enjoy the characterization, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it, <laughs> Prey takes all the things I really like about the first movie and gives it really good stories, really good characters. Um, the performances are really strong. And I just, I like historical settings. I kept thinking this almost reminded me of like The Revenant meets, you know, an alien movie. Um, and again, that's <laughs> a movie I really, really like. So I just, uh, I had a really good time watching it. And I, I didn't watch it in the most ideal circumstances, quite honestly. Um, I had to get it done. So I watched it like on my phone at the airport. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like broken hey. 20 minute bits this is like know, when i watched the cloverfield paradox at my <laughs> office job on my phone like in in like very small chunks in between like doing my job literally exactly how i watched it um so but i kept thinking like yeah you know even even not in the most ideal circumstances like i was really into the story i i kept um you know anytime i was getting really distracted i would go back and rewatch what i wanted to see so I, I had wanted to watch it in comanche um but for whatever reason there was not that option on my phone so it's something i would like to watch in in the language um because i think that i think it is available right i mean i'm not making that it up. is yeah okay. and yeah. I, it only it only showed that it was available after i had already seen it um i had known that it was oh. it was available in the comanche language but uh you know my first watch uh myself i also watched this about uh, about four hours ago. Um, mm. I just had a busy weekend. And so, um, yeah, I didn't get a chance to watch it in the Comanche language as well, but it is, it is fully, um, what is it? Subtitled and, okay. uh, I, spoken in Comanche from what I've heard. So. I absolutely love the idea that like they threw it in, like it's a bonus playthrough on a video game. Right. <laughs> like I just wanted to watch the original. I, I would have done it, but it wasn't available for whatever reason. So that's, you know, a good reason to return to the movie at another point. Um, yeah, I just thought the performance is really good. Um, I love the the gentleman who played her brother. And of course, I'm forgetting. His Dakota name. Beavers. Yeah, he was great. Oh, my God. And what a cutie, too. Um, <laughs> Calm like down, A Robin. great voice. Like, wow. <laughs> he was just great. Um, yeah, just I like historical stories. I like stories that sort of re uh, reframe something familiar and yet give you that those familiar elements. Um, and there are other things I really enjoyed about the movie that we'll certainly talk about more in depth, but the use and, and Sharon, you, I'm sorry, Adesba, you, you brought this up, which is the use of special effects and CGI is so well done. It's very subtle. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I love when movies that are like this, you know, big action movies 
really give you that um, more, that more like not mono a mono, but that's what it felt like, right? Like there was so much hand-to-hand combat as you were talking about. And um, so that, that just did a lot for me. And I, I just really enjoyed it. I liked it better than the original Predator for lots of these like little choices and little things that appealed to me as a viewer. So I'm not saying one is really a, a better movie than the other overall, but it's something that I liked more. You know, when I, when I was done, I just, you know, it definitely brings me back to, I think Bill was saying that uh, it reminded, it was like number two to the original. And I think that that's a really good way of like putting it into perspective. You know, there's just been some, I know, and I'm aware of like the Predator versus Alien uh, franchise. And like, I don't have to explore those. No, yeah, we don't have to explore (laughs) those. But like, I grew up on Alien. My, you know, that was like, that's where the basis of where I know Predator from, because, you know, that was what Mm -hmm. my folks watched. And um, I, I love original Alien. I love Sigourney Weaver. And this was just kind of like uh the callback to the original Sigourney Weaver alien like this is that's like the the response to um that and I was just like oh my god I'm so in love with this and if it's in it like I said again even more so because it's just like Amber and I just I know her and I'm like I'm so happy for her and I'm so glad (laughs) that it just turned out so well um with with all that it did but yeah um I guess Dakota this is his first time acting Wow. An amazing job. Um, and, um, I just loved, and I knew because I've, I've, I've had Amber read with me, um, several times, um, cause her mom is the casting director here in New Mexico. Oh, um, yeah. So, um, there was a time when like I was reading with her for a particular part and we were supposed to improv as part of the audition. And I was just reading with her and we both got lost in the improv of our audition. So we, I could tell that she was just like really like into reading with me. Um, and, uh, you know, so I'm just, I, it's hard for me to contain myself with happiness, like how much I'm so proud of her, you know, how she probably did like a lot of her own actions, you know, like that's really her, that's really Amber, you know, being a fucking badass and, um, and, and doing all the things that she's doing. I didn't know you knew her. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, she was great. So, uh, Brian, what'd you think? So, I hate to be a downer. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'll start off by saying I, I, I liked a lot about this movie. Um, I would say that Amber's a huge part of that. Like, I can't think of a more... I'm just going to call it a debut because I haven't really seen her much before. And I know she's been in other stuff because I looked her up because I was like, she seems like someone I've seen all over the place. But I don't think I've seen anything that she's been in. Even even stuff like Legion, um, which was very popular and a lot of people liked. I, I know that I watched Hell or High Water. I have no Wait, she con- was in Legion? That's yeah. what I'm seeing she here. Was- yeah, she yeah, was. she was like one of the main characters who like play, had like a split personality or was two different people. But she was also in Roswell. Oh, yeah, like- and so like, I, like I, I didn't really watch Roswell. I didn't watch. I watched like the first episode of Legion and was like, oh, that was really good. And then like never went back. <laughs> it same, just was same. like, I yeah, I don't think I need. I don't think I need. The first season was so good. I um, I watched the first episode. She was also apparently in Hell or High Water. As now it says Vernon Teller. I'm wondering if that means like a bank teller in the town of Vernon or if her name was Vernon Teller. I don't know. It was in the bank. It was in the the town. Okay. I was like, oh, her name is Vernon Teller. There must have been a <laughs> that. Um, but so she's fantastic. And like, 
as far as like anchoring this movie, she's incredible and I loved it. And I love Dakota Beavers. They're great. Um, I found some of the CGI, especially for like actual wild animals, uh, to be kind of shoddy. There's a bear that I don't think really holds up well, but whatever. Um, that wasn't going to be I like saw a it on my phone that I just didn't <laughs> yeah. register that it was not like, I don't know. <laughs> the fact that you were watching it three inches across. Um, I don't know. I just, but you know, that's one of those things where like I see it and I'm just like, yeah, like whatever. Like I, you know, it's not the edge. We are not going to get Bert the bear to be a part of this movie, <laughs> uh, especially when he's got to get uh, in a fight with alien spoilers, I guess. Um, I just like it. This movie, like the concept of it, like when I heard about it and saw the trailer, I was like, this is going to fucking rule. It's going to be so good. And it just like was a little frustrating that it almost felt like there was too much going on. I, I feel like it took a while to get started. I feel like I just was like, this is such like a simple premise. Why does it feel like we keep resetting? Like, why do we have to keep setting the table again? Like, we've already set up her personality and her her relationship with her brother and the tribe and like, what the fuck are we waiting for? Like, let's get this thing on the road. And because they kept going back to the village and back out to the woods. And yeah. Back and like, forth. like in my letterboxd review, I said something along the lines of like, how many times do you have to knock a character out to reset the table? And it was just things like that. Like not to like, not, I don't think these movies have anything to do with one another, but like something like the shallows or something where it's just like, here she is. She's surfing. Oh my God, the shark is here. And now this is the rest of the movie. And this movie I was expecting like, oh, they're going to go on this hunt for this cat and that's going to be what happens. It's going to be the the hunt for the mountain lion is going to be the raid on the Contras or whatever it was in the first movie. Like, you know, that's the thing that gets us to the thing. But that was like the thing that got us to the thing that sort of got us to the thing. But now she's got to go and do a different thing. It just was like, it was a little frustrating. And I felt like her, like her, her narrative, her arc was a little off. We can get into it. Was it too Mary Sueish? No, actually, that's what I fucking loved about it. Is that she and this is I like the, to the writers, to the director, to her as an actress, like this is something I loved about this movie. Is that she clearly has all of the technical skill that she needs to be a good hunter. But what I love about the movie is that it seems to be positing that like that's not enough. If you don't know why you're doing the thing, you cannot be good at the thing. And so she, like, there's even a point where, um, I believe it was Aruka, um, says to her, like, you know, you're not hunting to prove you can hunt. You're hunting to survive. And I feel like mm -hmm. that's the level she had to get to. And so what I loved is that for a lot of the movie, she is a technically proficient failure because when the moment comes, she is incapable of pulling the pulling the trigger at the right time or, you know, hitting the mark, like actually taking down a living beast. And that was great. But there's a point at which I'm like, oh, the, the switch has been flipped. She's clearly a killer now. But then like the next scene, she's back to having trouble with it again. And I was like, but we've already done this. Like we've already made the leap. It just there there was there were such clear arcs available and I think it was just like the way my brain works where I always say like, I love a movie that's like a short story, like a really good, 
you know, novella that's like super clear and like has a single track and just goes up, 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 and then hits the mark and then does its thing. And this one I felt was just a little too weirdly like loose and, and a little like wobbly for that. And like I said, there's so many other things that I liked about it. So I'm not going to be like, I don't understand what you guys are talking about. The fight scenes were terrible. <laughs> like you are there is friggin' movie. Yeah, no, that's not this. I feel like this movie had had not just in its premise, but in like everything that is done in it so much potential that I was just a little upset that I only had to settle for that was pretty good instead of that was amazing. Mm. So, yeah. And as we talk more about it and we get into like the scenes and everything, I'm sure we'll 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 expound upon that. But like, yeah, that's kind of like the reason that I liked it is because it. Um, things come together pretty neatly, and I think, remember thinking, like, oh, that's Nidel hates this movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like, things are tied up in a bow, like, thematically and, and all that. But yeah, I was like, whatever. It's an hour and a half. Like, sometimes you just enjoy, like, a slight movie. Yeah, but it's almost weird. Like, this is like, I, I feel almost like if the movie had been like an hour and 15 minutes, it almost would have been like better. It would have been like a leaner more efficient i don't know like i did it bother anyone else that like like the reset to the village like three times before we finally like get out and go and kill a predator or try no, to kill because the original movie is kind of like that too yeah i felt that's that's kind of where i was saying like it felt more like the original stuff and i think that probably what you're um uh talking about is just more that like you know back in the old old days like the stories were a little bit slower and I was thinking like this wasn't terribly like too much slower but I think that that's kind of like what I hear you saying is that it was just a little bit on the slow side but it's just like that was that was what I remember from Alien that was like what it's like oh my god like they were so close and then you know then they're like then they go back again and then they but it was like her learning about this predator. It that was that was what my understanding of it was. Is that yeah, there's some resets. Yeah, they're going back. But it's like the anticipation of like, okay, well, is, is it this time? It, like, you know, we're so quick to be like instant gratification. Like, okay, let's do this. You know, and and that's where I think like was it Michael Bay type stuff. It's like all of a sudden it's instantaneous. There's no slow build to the story. And so we're always expecting that it's going to be like kaboom, like within five minutes of the story. But like this one was just like a slow burn, like it was starting to get started. And she had to have those resets because she was learning about um, what the predator was doing. And that's what I really liked about it, actually. (laughs) The thing you didn't like is what I did like. I just feel like she like. I I understand what you're saying. It just, to me, it it didn't feel like she was learning that much about it until she actually like, you know, did her, her, her cool, like walking against the flow of literally every other person here, a walk away. Like she, she keeps talking about like, you know, Oh, something skinned that snake in a really weird way. Like what's, what is this? And everyone's like, who gives a shit? There's a mountain lion. We got to kill this mountain lion. (laughs) And like, you know, then she, she tries to kill the mountain lion and falls. And, but like, it just, it, there's, it didn't feel it felt like I I don't know. I just got frustrated by her being like immediately like there's something weird going on and everyone else is like, I don't care. Naru, like, shut up. Like we got another thing going on. And she was just like couldn't let go of like the footprint and the snake. And I was like, cool, like let her go. And then they just kept her there. And it just was like I was it was it was like frustrating. It felt like it was it felt to that, me like, like what, it was misogyny was too much of a 
It's a, of what's an weird obstacle. is it didn't even feel like I mean it was it was definitely partially misogyny because every other, you know, hunter in the party was a man, but it really it really was What's funny is that like there's a lot of stuff in this movie that like I'm on, I'm sure that there are men on the internet who hate this movie without having seen it. But mm-hmm. I found it really interesting that like, you know, everyone in the village is like you're a genius at like six things. And they're all wonderful. And these are your gifts. And just because you're not a hunter, like, we don't think any less of you. Like, you don't have to do that. And she's like, no, but I can. And they're like, well, you're not like, yeah, technically you could, but like, you're not really great at it. So maybe you should just like focus on the things you're good at. I loved that that was like the nuance, like, clearly this isn't just a screenwriter who needs people to hate her because she's a woman type of thing. Like, there's such a like a, a warm lived in like history and humanity to that that I loved. But it was just like... It just felt like, yeah, the, I don't know, the, it just, it was like, I needed the movie to just start like one scene earlier than it started. It was just. But Tabe wasn't just an asshole for the sake of being an asshole. No. And I don't it, think he's actually an asshole at all, but no, you know, he's he great. He's like an obstacle in some way. Yeah. Maybe she's not going to be a good hunter, but she's the best tracker we got. And she's good at medicine. Like she's still a necessary part of the team. And then she's like, I should help you hunt. And he's like, look, you're just not great at it. And this is like, we don't have any room for error here. So can you please, like, can you stop? Well, I, I think I think one thing that's interesting is that, and and we can go ahead and jump into spoilers because we're, we're, we're starting to get nitty gritty at this point and start to talk about, you know, fine details yeah. of, of sequences and stuff like that and the layout of the film. Um, but so officially we're in spoilers. Um, one thing that I do want to mention is that there seems to be an indication that Tabe also notices that Naru um, is actually a really good tactician, but that she, yes, that, you know, maybe she shouldn't be the player. Maybe she should be the coach. Right. And I think that's an interesting idea that, you know, had he lived longer, um, maybe they would have been able to use her as a, a skilled tracker be a a medicinal person right as well but also like okay here's our problem what do you think like let's let's think up a solution and she would be able to think up a solution and maybe not execute on that right maybe maybe you know and the film doesn't necessarily make it so that like it's very very clear that she's just sloppy or like incompetent in that way it's just she i mean the the guy that was taunting her got fucking destroyed by that same lion right and then she almost gets it she almost gets it but she's on a fucking bad branch like you know and it's it's already snuck up on her so her problem is clearly that she has an issue with hesitation she's she's constantly missing things and i think that that is like fair like i don't know like it's just like if when i started baking seriously this is gonna sound like it doesn't make any sense but just listen one of the books i read on baking said that one of the biggest problems that people have in cooking in general is hesitation so like when you have to flip a quesadilla right or like flip anything or if you have to like throw something in the oven like the people will in an attempt to be careful go too slow because like me driving oh yeah I imagine. I don't know. I've never driven with you. But, you know, you say that. I assume you're correct. It's like, yeah, merging on a highway. I know precisely Mm -hmm. what I'm supposed to do, but I'm a little bit nervous that I'm not going to be able to do it. So I'm going to go slow to make sure that everything's right. But then that just screws everything up. Yep. And that's what 
her her issue appears to me to be in this film. And I really liked that because that is a real world issue that I feel like we, if we ever get it in a movie, it usually is in like a very heavy handed way where it's usually like the guy who's only ever been in like a classroom and now he's out in the world and he's like, it's so much different. I didn't realize. Uh. And, you know, meanwhile, she's got all of the practical skill, but there's just that one moment of hesitancy and she needs to kind of be, as you often are in these movies, pushed to a breaking point in order to finally like get over the, uh, the human part of your brain to get into that reptilian, you know, predator, prey, fight or flight survival state that, uh, that Aruka was telling her about, you know, you're not doing this to prove you can, you're doing this to survive. And that is great. And I love that. And that's the kind of, you know, crawl level, like, you know, uh, the, the personal with the primordial combination that I love. And again, I, you know, so that's the thing I like about this movie. I do, however, wish that it was just a little smoother. Like it's, it's you want to be a little bit neater. Yeah, I know. I want, I want Snydell to hate this movie even more than he probably does. <laughs> <laughs> I think he gave I, it three I, stars on on the letterbox. So well, to I, I him, that one thing, means it's a perfect movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think one thing that's interesting about you know Brian, you mentioning the the stop and starts. I think that is actually like a classic necessity almost in this if you know the the classic like criticism of like marvel movies and like anything that's got like all this pedigree behind it or all of this franchise behind it is that people watch those and they're like well but it's it's serialized i want it to stand alone and if you want this film to stand alone i think what you have to establish a couple of times is that the predator is not just interested in killing the predator is interested in hunting right and and it wants you to be armed and it wants you to be a threat right and so we get a couple of sequences i think that sequence when she wakes up in the uh in the i, I don't know what to call them i i guess they're, they're frenchmen like french fur trappers yeah, it, it, when she wakes up in that, I think that's a very particular sequence that needs to happen to kind of establish and let her know, oh, the Predator very much could have killed me right there. And it didn't, and it just hesitated, and it stopped, right? And then it just kind of was like, yeah, all right, cool. Um, and so I think... It has to do that a couple of times. And the original film does that a few times as well, where, you know, it, it's not quite clear what it wants. It's just hunting them down. And that's because they're a bunch of commandos with giant fucking weapons well, and, and big biceps. One you of the know? things that's interesting about this movie as compared to the other Predator movies that I have seen, which are one, Predators, The Predator I guess that's it is that usually there's like a ragtag group of people and you get to know them and they get picked off one by one. And this one, we kind of are just with her immediately, which I thought was an interesting, an interesting dynamic um, mm -hmm. to have her basically like not just be like caught with it, but to want to go out and find it, you mm -hmm. know, to know that there's tracking like that. it almost. Yeah. There was a, uh, what do you call uh, it? Like a respect bill. I don't, I can't think of it, but like a one-to-one, -one. you know, like mm -hmm. she's, she, that's what I kind of really liked as well. You know, it wasn't just so much that she was lucky that there was actually like 
thought or like a smartness to this and like, um, you know, uh, the cunning part of it, you know, she's very, like, I think we were saying she's skilled on a bunch of different things, but it's like, you know, she has all these elements. She hasn't quite put them all together. Um, and I think that that was what she was craving and the thing that she was craving and she's wanting to do was not quite exactly, you know, like her mother was saying, it's not quite exactly what you think it is. It's something totally different. Mm -hmm. Um, where I think that, um, you know, even just in modern day life or in just regular, uh, life, you know, with kids and stuff, you know, we, we, we teach skills to our children, not necessarily because, um, we want them to play around and, oh, they're mixing beautiful colors and things like that. We want them to know about the world, how to survive, how to live. And, you know, putting that kind of mentality back into the 1700s where these things aren't necessarily there. There is no like childhood. It is just you learn about the medicines, you learn about mm-hmm. tracking, you learn about how to survive in this world. And whereas maybe to some other people. And even nowadays we think it as fun. Oh, we take them to like a uh, park park rangers and they, they learn all about uh, animal scat. And we think it's so mm-hmm. cute that the animal, that the kids know about animal scat. And we think it's so fun that they know about animal poop, but these are actual skills that people need to have to live and be in the world where they're not protected, where they don't have air conditioning and cars and blankets and, you know, all the modern day type of stuff the type of world that they were living in was so different. Um, and I think maybe that is what, you know, our modern day thinking is, is totally different, but that's what I liked about, you know, her character, particularly she was, it doesn't say that she's like a young girl and she's not necessarily quite a mother. She's just like this in-between stage where we're learning about practicing these skills. And this is the time, this is the time. And this is the moment where she does get to put all those things that she's been learning throughout her um, entire life into play. Um, And where, yeah, like her mother said, this is about you surviving. It's not just about like, Oh, I get to, you know, whittle a knife and, you know, make it look all cute. And it's for art. It's not for art. Yeah. It's not for art. It's not because you're trying to be with the boys. This is, this is serious stuff. Right. It's about in in a lot of every, uh, I think one of the things that I like most is it's very clear that her desire to do more and be better is very grounded and rooted in a desire to like be a functioning part of her community. Yeah. Which is nice because a lot of times these things are like, I just want to prove I'm the best. And she's like, I can be more useful than I already am. And people are like, you don't have to be, but cool, I guess. (laughs) And think about how many movies like this would have made it about how they, you know, her family wants her to get married. And she's like, no, I just want to be my own woman. Like we've seen that storyline. We saw it in Pocahontas. We've seen in many other films about you know quote unquote warrior princesses and and all of that kind of stuff well that's why when you brought up like oh is she too much of a mary sue i was very quick to be like no robin i actually don't think she is but i just kind of thought well but i know that that's a that is a stupid fucking thing that is sometimes true about other movies but in this case is definitely not and i know that again people who probably haven't seen this film and have only seen the trailer are probably like oh she's good at everything immediately but it's like no clearly she's like this boss said, like she's a practiced, like smart, intelligent person who needs to be this good because everyone in the community needs to be strong or else it falls apart. Like this is not an easy life. Even as they live a bucolic existence, 
free of predators for the first part of the movie, it's still not easy. They've still got to hunt. And They've free of the French stuff. for the most part. I mean, yeah, for the first she finds part. that uh, that trap and she's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, so actually, as, as we, oh, damn it. It was too late. I was, you know, Disbaugh, you had been talking about like, she's not a girl, but like, she's not like a wife or anything. I really want, a girl. I, I wanted to jump in and say, so what you're saying is she's not a girl, but not yet a woman. <laughs> I think we, wow. we know what our wow. uh, final music is. <laughs> so anyway, not now that I've gotten my Britney Spears reference done. Um what when I was talking about the kind of unevenness of her journey. Um the thing that really struck out to me and the part of the movie that where I sat up and was like, "Oh, this is great because now like, you know, she's she's hit the turning point, she's pivoted and now she's going to be like steely friggin' predator for the whole movie." is when she decimates the French trappers mm-hmm. in, in their, in their things, you know, they, they come out of this hellish landscape and then she is just wrecking house in a fantastically choreographed, incredibly yeah, well that, shot, super that well sequence is so good. It's so good. In yeah, she, she's like literally ripping out a a stab it reminded me so much of john wick where he's utilizing just the stuff around him and she's like she stabs somebody with something she turns around grabs like blocks this guy's like attempt at stabbing her grabs the wounded like guy's knife out of his wound and then stabs the other guy and you're just like ah yes thank you like (laughs) utilization (laughs) of the things around you (laughs) yeah i i i really loved it because you know that's always the struggle when you watch this kind of stuff is and and it, look, like, is it is it hyper real? Fuck yeah, it is. Like, nobody nobody fights like this. But if you're going to, like, I don't mind you making it very obvious that it's a movie to me at times, particularly when you're doing action like that. And it's like, okay, this is very over the top, but I like it because it it takes creativity and it takes a little bit of like ingenuity to kind of, you know, choreograph this stuff where it actually does make sense, right? Like she could stab him and then rip that sword back out and then stab this other guy and then, you know, block something else or whatever. And like, just keep this cycle going. And she does that in that sequence. Yeah. The camera also puts you really well in her perspective because the camera only seems to be able to recover its its initial like point of view when she's able to like take a breath so mm-hmm. like the camera seems to like be getting lower to the ground the more intense the fight is getting it's it's like like if if we had the capability to like just like show that scene right now and I could do that thing where you draw on it and basically I would just circle the whole thing every time that the picture stopped and just write fuck yes um like that's great but then again we have a scene where her and her brother try to take the predator down and she goes back to like once more kind of like having trigger hesitancy. And I was just like, but we, we just watched her wreck the fuck out of like 20 people. Why are we back mm-hmm. here? It just was like, it was just, it just was like, it just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like that should be what was happening. Like we, we'd brought her to the point where she was the lethal cunning creature we needed her to be. 
And I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> It well, was just I, I mean, that's, me. and I think that's the that's, problem is that like, I, I become frustrated at parts in this movie and it, it necessarily takes me out of the movie and then it takes me a while to recover my enjoyment and then it loses a half star. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, why does she not load her gun right the first time well, and then the first time when it fires gun, like that? Yeah. yeah. But why? But like, why? It's also the first time like, she's encountered, I don't know, metal. Like, right. That's why I don't have a problem with the gun. I have a problem with the the like you know sheer force of will to be able to do a thing like clearly she's gotten beyond that but my point was the gun it, like you can write this that the gun fires the first time but why don't you well because you got to set up the dramatic stakes of it and and this is this but is classic like snydell that is snydell like different than her character choices. Like, I don't have a problem with the mechanics of her not shooting the gun correctly the first time. I have a problem with, we've now brought her to the point where she is a lethal efficient. So what, what, what is the moment that she hesitates when, when her and her brother are fighting the, 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 the why did I almost call it the critter? <laughs> I don't know. Critters is a, <laughs> is an eighties. That's the way you kill a franchise predator, is you call it the critter and it just walks away in shame. <laughs> Do you mean like when she's like watching things, like she's kind of like waiting for like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure work? what you're, what you're referring to. No, Cause like the only when, moment of like, hesitation that I can think of is not a moment of hesitation, but it's the gun not firing. It was, it was like right after she gets done wrecking house and then her brother is with her and they're trying to and they like seem like they're going to kill it i also just and this is not the fault of anyone in the movie i understand like you want the the predator to seem like he's invulnerable and can't be stopped i just think like (laughs) this is like the the shittiest complaint so it doesn't actually play into like my uh my star rating or whatever you want to call it i really think that they killed it when they stabbed a a spear through its like throat and then kept stabbing it over like it should have slowed down a little bit yeah i, I kind of yeah no. <laughs> There's, there is a it wasn't... Where, it's just overkill right like it just feels like it's a lot Disbot sounded like you were agreeing with me no i mean yeah there was a moment like oh they finally got it now like yeah no i agree that they that if it feels like that was the moment but then you know it's like it's not quite necessarily dead and then when it was time to actually kill the thing and it was dead i'm like but is it really dead because i'm like stuck on this kind of stranger thing bent where it's like is it really gone <laughs> and um so if you um, don't see the body it's never gone it's never actually dead classic of soap operas yeah um i yeah i don't know it, it i'd i'd have to watch the movie again i watched it last night so clearly some of you have watched it more recently than i have during that scene when her brother's like stabbing the thing, it feels like she hangs back in a way that is once again reading his hesitancy. And I don't know if it's like if I were to ask the writer or director if they were like, you know, in that moment, like when she was fighting the trappers, she was alone. And so she had the hunger. But in this moment, she's deferring to her brother. And so he has to die in order for her to feel truly like solitary and alone. I I could understand that as a as a desired narrative point. I just didn't read the moment as that. Yeah, I think maybe, I think, you know, it's probably more like, uh, what do you call it? Giving the other actor their moment, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, like, he's the one that's, the focus is on him. I mean, if she's doing something at the same time, 
it's just like, you know, camera angle is on her and seeing her reaction to watching him do the thing isn't necessarily really hesitancy. It's just like, um, I don't know, maybe it's an editing thing. Maybe it's a directing thing. But, you know, ultimately, I think it turns into an editing thing, you know, like. Yeah, um, and that might be because that we, might be the case. Yeah, yeah we lose like, well, well, what about her? What is she doing? Right. And they're like, oh, well, she's watching the thing happening. Right. So right. we do need to have her reaction, which might breed as hesitancy. But it's just that she's giving, quote, the actor and the action the moment to breathe it's just like- while we're focusing on him, not her. And that's. That is totally valid, but in the reality of the movie, <laughs> she should be trying to stab this thing to death, right? Like, you, you mean as a director, you want her, you want to see her like grabbing something in the, not just watching. You want to see her like doing something while her brother is doing something too. Right. Like at this, at this moment, <laughs> if we have got like if if every other time she's gone to kill something, right? Like the the deer. She's, you know, she hesitates a little bit. The deer starts running and then she's running after it and she can't hit the shot because the deer's in motion because it's not a sto like a, a stoic. Not that's not the word I'm looking for. What's an immobile? Static. Yeah, it's a static tree versus a mobile deer. So she's like, once again, like it's like when I was a competitive target shooter and, you know, like Christ, I, I how would, many lives have you had? So many. You have no idea. Baker. Shooter. When I was, a, when I. When I was a photographer who worked that sounds for the like a John La Carre novel, just Baker shooter photographer. It's called the American. When I was a target Distiller. shooter, yeah, I make whiskey now. Father, I, yes. When I was a target shooter, I I I could hit a target at like three hundred yards, dead center, right? And people would say like, "Oh wow, like you could be a sniper," and I'd be like, "No, there's no fucking way I could be a sniper because this paper." doesn't have a family <laughs> this mm-hmm. paper i haven't like i'm not seeing like the look of like exhaustion in this paper's eyes before i pull the trigger like there's just something else there so like her not being able to hit the deer even after she's able to make a perfect x in a tree is is good and then when she's trying to kill the rabbits but it's like again it's it's like a it's like a slight hesitancy and she needs to build this rope on her axe so that she can respond to her failure more quickly and kind of reset. And it clearly works because she clearly gets a bunch of rabbits. But then when she's about to shoot the bear, again, there's a hesitancy and then her bowstring breaks. And <laughs> she just like, she can't get out of her head this this like moment where you need to not hesitate. And And so after seeing that in the movie, you become, or I became trained to say like, this is the moment where she hesitates. And if she doesn't hesitate, then we've achieved the next step in her character arc. And I'm going to, I'm at that point, I'm ready to like, you know, stand up, punch the air and say, fuck yeah, kill him. So like in that moment, if they're just like, let's give Dakota Beavers like some great friggin' action moments and like a hero's death. What I'm seeing is yet another moment where Naru is for whatever reason, not doing the thing that we want her to do, like is not pulling the trigger is not. And again, I'm saying that metaphorically. I don't remember if she even has the gun at that point. She's not striking. And so to me, it doesn't read as we're going to give this other actor room to breathe and just have her reacting on the sides. It reads as she is as a character in the reality and the story of this movie, once more finding herself mired in the uncertainty that to this point has, has tripped her up every time. She could have killed that mountain lion 
But she allowed herself to be backed up because staring something that's hunting you back in the eye is more difficult than hitting a tree. And the whole movie is all about, you know, it's like the fifth time we've brought it up, but it really is a really great thesis for this movie. It's not about proving that you can, it's about you have to survive. And it's getting mm-hmm. to that raw nerve level. And if there ever was a moment where it's not proving you can, it's you have to survive, it should be when her brother is just like, just knocking the shit out of this thing and she should get in there and fucking help him out. And And so to me, it read as, for some reason solo slaughtering a generation's worth of French trappers was easy or at least was doable, but she has now backslid in fighting this predator. I forgot why the French trappers had to die is because they captured her and were being dicks. I mean, yeah. I mean, and also they also had her dog. Yeah. And then, and and then they, and then they had, they attacked her. Yeah, I, so I think that the I think the I think everything that we're supposed to understand about the French trappers is that they're fucking terrible people, not just because they're French, but because they they captured her and then were mean to her and then used her and her brother as fucking live bait for the predator. Oh right, right, right. <laughs> and then, yeah. I, and, like, I like they that. Don't have to just fucking die. But I like I, the handoff though at the end, right? Where she brings she she brings her trophy back, and yeah. it's kind of like slipped in there. She, there's there's nothing to fear about the predator anymore. She's done, and you know, fuck that well, shit what's up. Interesting, is but that, then they slipped in that she says the threat. We need to move. So I like yeah. that they slipped in there that the threat isn't the predator. She yes. fucked that shit up. Yeah. The real threat is the is the the white colonization people coming mm-hmm. in. But she also fucked them up. But I mean, I, I like well, the yeah. fact that she's not saying we need to run. She's saying we need a better defensible position, mm-hmm. which I was just like, not yes, not yes, just yes, out yes, on the yes. open plain. Absolutely. Yes. What is considered the plains now? Is it really the Dakotas? Is it? It's all from like, yeah, the Dakotas and then like Oklahoma, Kansas area, that whole area that's just like pretty much geographically, geologically, it's just like where the glaciers came through because they're plains. I was about to say, if you can see the horizon, I feel like you're you're on a plane. (laughs) Yep. Yep. But you know what? Uh, I want to, I want to give you, was it, um, I want to give you like a thought on that hesitancy. Yeah. I, I can, I can understand like now what you're, what you're saying a little bit because you know you want to to see her doing some action as well and you know i i'm um you know she doesn't have that fallback right you know so mm-hmm. I, I haven't had a chance to like really think about it but i definitely want to think more about it as far as like you know showing that hesitancy um on her part but like how that develops her when she just like she can't do that at the end right it's just like she's really quick and then all of a sudden she's just like okay now it's now all of a sudden it's like making sense and she's she's not having that hesitancy anymore so i'm i just wanted to like chew on that longer later <laughs> and um I, I guess I'm curious since we're talking about this kind of end game with the predator, how do we feel like this might be too heady of a question, but do we feel that the way she ends up defeating the predator is like doing, doing like uh good by her character and her journey in the film? Mm. What do you mean by that? Like the way that she like tricks it into firing the thing, but she dodges the thing, but then she's like using the tracking system on the other thing to move the thing. To, I'm saying thing a lot. <laughs> the I mean, projectile, this is, she dodges that, that the projectile is, and then uses his mask to mm-hmm. make the projectile hit him in the fa- in the face or the head. Yes, it, re- it returns back to where it's aiming, basically. Yeah. 
So like if it misses its target, does that feel like are we you know, when you watch a movie like this or when I watch a movie like this, I won't speak for all of us. I like the way that a person wins to be tied into the lessons that they've learned along the way. Um, murdering the monster is the friends we made along the way. Um, well, she, she's observant, right? She's observant. And so that's that's the trick is that she realizes if the mask is aiming at the creature, when it misses when it misses something, those darts are going to fire right back at where that thing is aiming. Right. And so it's, it's just more of her being observant of this alien technology. And this is a classic predator kind of trope as well, using the creature's own weaponry against it. Right. Um, it it happens throughout the film or the film franchise and stuff like that. Um, because the predator is, is a walking monster like it is it is huge it is like i've i've gone full nerd on <laughs> on the predator franchise i've i've read i think it's a trilogy of books um set where basically a female survives a uh an encounter with a couple of predators that like hunt down her her like far away like distant planet uh you know terraforming thing and just like wreck shop and she's the lone survivor and she sneaks onto the ship and then eventually becomes like starts hunting with them um and so like these creatures are basically like their lineage and all of this stuff like they're just bred to fight that's it and one of the things that like i love about i don't know i'm not like a huge predator head or fan but i do like this like weird arcane like backstory they've got like i had a culture yeah. yeah i have like i had a friend post college who read like a bunch of predator novels and I made so a mistake there's, once. Of- there's Predator novels, and then there's like this famous uh, Dark Horse comics run with the Predators, and I think it it ended ended up tying into Aliens versus Predator as well. But yeah, what about AVP so. Requiem. Where does that come in? Don't actually. I, I don't know. Movie, you know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't like those films. Well, so. I I once drunkenly made the mistake of looking at his bookcase and going like, "What the fuck? Why are there so many books? Like, how much could there be to talk about?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he did. Then that was just the rest of my night, which is something I can appreciate. Again, it's cool that we've like built so much on this, but like you know, I, I like I really liked the movie Predators, right? The one where they bring the people to the planet. Yes, and they hunt them. Yeah. Oh, like so it. what do we one. know about this species? Because I re- I don't know anything about this. Um, so they like they like travel the galaxy or the universe, like looking for places to go and like prove their 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 masculinity or their. Is their it hunting a ritual? Prowess. It's a ritual. It's it's a ritual of like gaining uh, a a spot in their culture to become like a hunter. So mm-hmm. you're supposed to fall back. Like if they if you know they basically send out hunting parties and then they go figure out what's hard to kill and then that thing becomes like oh in this planet if you can kill this thing solo without weaponry then you are now like like a designated hunter without weaponry well this is the thing so that in all the movies they use so much weaponry 
<laughs> Correct. <laughs> but but that is at the end of the first film. That's when the predator sh- sheds all of its its gizmos and gadgets mm-hmm. and takes its its face mask off. That's when it's like, all right, let's fucking do this. Let's mano a mano, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of setting up this idea that if you can take on the biggest and the baddest of whatever is out there without weaponry, right? And it's this ritualistic setup where they basically like, I I think it's kind of like they give you 12 hours to go hunt this thing and then come back with its head on a, on a spike basically, or, you know, skull and spine or something, right? Correct. Yeah. So, so, you know, they, they are trophy hunters in a way. And so as we, as we all learned from the movie, the predator, this, this is one of those series series that has like an insane naming culture because it's predator mm-hmm. predator 2 cool great predators fine whatever the predator excuse me yeah now it's yeah Prey, this is this and it's like okay this is the fast and the furious franchise the batman it's just like, yeah <laughs> exactly the so the dark knight but yeah at, as we learned in the predator um which was it sterling k brown was like we call them predators and and i think olivia munn was like a predator eats its food. Like these are more like sport hunters. And then Sterling K. Brown says, yeah, we thought of that, but we took a poll and predator sounds cooler. Right. And everyone in the, in the building was like, right. <laughs> I liked that movie. That Very movie much. was clearly a mess that got fucked with a lot, but like, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, like I enjoyed this movie, like a lot of like problems. It's not perfect by any means. I think I told my brother-in-law that this was a stand up double, which is like not a bad thing. <laughs> Yeah. Say more. What does that mean? In baseball, you oh. you have a hit, right? And and this way, you get to go to second base, and you don't have to slide because they, you know. But you know, you can't get to third. You can maybe get to third, you know, if you slid and we're lucky. But it's not a home run. But it's a stand up double. You probably drove a run in. It's good. It's good. It's not gonna yeah. be in the history books. They're probably not gonna do a replay of it. But like, it's good. Hmm. <laughs> I just learned something new. You're welcome. But I do like the way she killed him at the end or it at the end. I think it was smart. And I think it it kind of like gathered all of the things that she had learned. Plus, like, you know, just showcasing like her uh, ability. Yeah. Um, but it yeah, it just kind of went through back all the things that she learned and had had uh, gathered in her, you know, toolbox of cunning and figuring things out where, you know, yeah, there's a little bit of the instinctual, right? You know, trying to um, marry, I guess, the instinctual along with the skills and the instincts that you've learned, um, you know, and have marrying all those things together at the very, very, very end, I think is just like incredibly important. Whereas, you know, to, uh, in contrast, you know, like even her brother um, who believed in her uh, Mm -hmm. to some point, but like the other guy, the cousin or whatever he was to her, I was just like making fun of her. Like, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. The red shirt. There were a <laughs> yeah, the guys shirt. who were like real fucking dumb and like wasabi. There was didn't at some point they tied her up and were like, "We're taking you home." And then she was like, "No." And then the predator murdered them all. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, oh, what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah. So does Bot? You don't have. I, I don't know. Maybe you're like a long time listener, first time caller. But we had a previous. <laughs> co-host on this show his name was michael snydell and he had very specific tastes 
that have become legend. And one of them was that he didn't like movies that were too neat. So like mm-hmm. if you watch Knives Out and you're like, wow, what an incredible screenplay. Brian Johnson really tied everything back together. There was no detail that was not necessary to the story. Beautiful. Michael Snydell would be like, it was too neat. It was just too neat. Like, I just don't like how neat <laughs> it came it is. together in the end. It came, like, the, I don't like the way that like this puzzle that I've got, all the pieces just fit together. It's There should be extra pieces and holes in it. Well, he anyway. would probably like my story writing then, but um, <laughs> which like there's a place for that. Like I enjoy that every now and then, but it's oh yeah, just like, totally every, right. Every once in a while, you want a Knives Out or a movie like this. But like when I was watching this movie and they go back to the bog, Robin, when you were talking about like how neat this was and Michael Snydell wouldn't like it, I almost immediately was like, when the bog came back, I literally <laughs> thought to myself, Snydell must be fucking hating this right now. <laughs> I was like, really? We're back in the sink. bog? And meanwhile, I'm the kind of guy who's like, oh, fuck, it's the bog. <laughs> I know that yep. tree. We saw that tree a lot when we thought she was going to die like that horse in that movie. The never ending story. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you don't have to remind me. Oh, man. Bog God. Eternal sorrow or whatever. My, my, my liked... nightmare as a kid. Oh, Jesus. my God. But I liked that, you know, she was t- giving that story while her, her and her brother were tied up, right? And then she was, like, telling him about the beaver that, like, chewed off its own leg to survive. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, okay, where's the story going with this? And then I liked it at the end. She's like, I'm smarter than the beaver. And I'm yeah. like, Yeah. So then I tied that in with like, okay, so then that to me was like, the even though you're not supposed to have the main character be the foreshadowing person, I liked that that was kind of like, okay, so we are going to see that coming. We are going to see that like, she's going to be smarter because that's the thing that is going to be. So I was kind of waiting for those moments where, okay, how is she going to not be in a place where she's got her leg trapped, but she's not going to be the one chewing off her own leg. She's yeah. going to be the one to be smarter than the beaver and smarter in getting out of it. And so I, I like that little, you know, throw in there that they did. Yeah. I like that. I, um, I, I like the way that the, that she ends up killing it. I, I think it's a good mix of there's a, this movie made me think of a lot of other movies um, from time to time. One of them was um, Brotherhood of the Wolf, which I don't know if everyone here. Has oh seen. yeah, but just like there's mm-hmm. that scene where like they set up like this insane trap. Like yeah, every like you're just constantly hitting pegs, and like another giant spiky ball would come down and hit this creature. And I felt a lot mm-hmm. of that in this. And I, I think also the fact that there's a lot of hatchet use. Um, and so I like that. I, I think that the final end scene is a perfect mix of raw, bloody action with a lot of hand-to-hand stuff. Um, and then that, that like, you know, too neat, if you're Snydell, tie back to, like, her cleverness and her 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 <laughs> assertion that she's smarter well, than a beaver. Um, I, I, I also I like... Actually, I wanted to ask you, Bill, because apparently you're, you're our predator expert, our pred expert. Mm-hmm. Um so at this point should the the predator have like forsaken his his weapons because he she's better than him and so is he in essence punished by being killed by his own dart because he was being dishonorable in attempting to use weaponry against a suitable adversary well, if they use weaponry, I think it's it's fair game, right? Oh, okay. And so that's like like 
the fact that and that's why you don't ever see the shield until it's blocking bullets right and it's like oh you're gonna fire things at me i can fire things at you watch this you know um so there's there's a certain level of like oh they have advanced weaponry now i can use a certain level of weaponry as well um but it's not always you know it doesn't always mean that they're gonna fight fair um because they also want to survive right like they're not trying to just fucking die so you know just to prove a point they're gonna be like nah fuck it yeah i kind of cheated on that one sorry guys uh i you know maybe next time you know um but I, i think what's interesting about it is that during that sequence with the showdown with the predator is she's got all of these plans right and for the most part they don't go without a hitch right um she, at a couple of points she's like supposed to run away from the predator and you know by this point the predator is one armed it's it's sliced off its own arm with its shield thing and it's like it just grabs her and just throws her and you're just like oh yeah this thing is like hyper quick for its size and weight and everything like that right and so it's just like oh yeah no you're not gonna be able to just like run past me i'm gonna be quick enough to be able to snatch you out of the air and like just body slam you um and it does that multiple times i love that sequence when the trappers like actually trap it and they throw a net on it and they're like hoorah we got this thing and it just fucking like just stands up and then throws one into another like stabs one and, and they just got a net that dissolves yeah. you apparently well uh, i mean it doesn't dissolve you it just it just rips right through you um that thing like just that guy it, turned to hash but yeah i don't know uh, well no he he turns to mush is yeah, what he bleed. does oh okay. yeah yeah so it it's just it just tightens and pulls pulls that net basically and it'll it'll just run right through whatever oh my God. it comes so it's across like the, it's like the the thing in the counselor mm, yeah yeah okay, the good. one that I'm glad i didn't have to go any further <laughs> you know decapitates that guy yeah yeah it's, yeah. The, it's the thing that speaking of movies that are very neat they explain mm, too, the, too the bola neat for me at the first one in like the first scene and then at the end mm-hmm. brad pickett's murdered by it yep um but yeah no i'm gonna i i I, I oh God, I hate that movie. Um, I, I I really enjoyed that sequence, like I said, with the trappers, where they're just like, "Oh yeah, we got this thing, right?" It's it's humanoid, right? And it's like, <laughs> oh no, you have down a, this would take down an Englishman. It's probably more than yeah. enough for a predator. Yeah, they they just have no idea, um, and so. Yeah, I really enjoyed that sequence. There's there's some clever things where you see it's kind of hyper speed. Um, that sequence when it chases them down in like that cornfield or, or grain field or whatever it's at. Um, I thought that was really, really clever and that it's kind of like pissed that this woman keeps evading it. Um but yeah, there, there were oh, yeah, a couple of sequences when when he when he takes down that one guy and like there's like a geyser of blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. messed up in like an yeah. awesome way. <laughs> this film definitely earns its its R rating for sure. Oh hell yeah! It's um, great. I I do want to say this is a small thing, a small aside, but 
They've been very clever with the fact that this film is on Hulu by like highlighting the green from the Predator, like mm. blood and stuff like that. I thought that's and, like, a great it, poster, by the way. Yeah, oh, the, like the all blood on her face and the mm-hmm. uh huh. Yeah, all of this stuff. I'm just like fuck. Like man, that is just like tailor made to be on Hulu. Like they should just change their color of the right. Hulu if display a, for if a this while. Was an HBO Max original. They'd be like, I know that canonically. You mean a Discovery Plus original? Yes, so just whatever. If this, <laughs> let's it just would say be purple. HBO Max. Yeah. Because then I can just say, they would have said to them, I know that canonically the Predators have green blood, but is there any way we can make it purple this time? <laughs> mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. the way networks work like that. <laughs> well, I have a and question Disney about Plus this movie. Is just like, what if it sang and helped her find love? <laughs> Let's use the same kind of graphics for HBO for the words prey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a question for everybody because this is like, you know, as you're talking about these fight sequences, one thing I really don't think I just understood from a story element is why the Predator did not take her seriously. And I, part of it was just like, did he register her physically? Was that it? Was it just like straight up misogyny? Was it um, maybe he like, could he? Because I know that at some point she was like covered in mud, and we know that like mud, mud kind of protects you. <laughs> cools but also, she, down, she eats that like, flower, and apparently the flower lowers your body temperature. Yes, yes. So, like, I know awesome. that, but were there any other reasons where why he did not take her seriously as a threat? So, like, I think I'm sorry, I just well, go. Uh, go ahead. I think it was partially. I was trying to figure that out as well, but I feel like it was because she was being picked on every time he encountered her, mm. and so she was put in this place of. Um, like not higher on the totem pole, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're allowed to say that we can't. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so like her, her like her level or whatever was she was like either tied up or she was being picked on or you know like the chocolate powder. Like, oh, I don't, I don't mess with losers. Well, yeah. Well, I no, mean... no, no, no. It was just that she was the prey. She's like she was the one being preyed on, and so exactly. he wanted to fight in people who were fighting and who were like actively like engaging in like. He like, wanted a fellow predator. So the predator, yeah. yeah, the predator did not go after the ant that was crawling on him, nor the mouse that ate the ant. But he did go after the snake that ate the mouse, right? Yeah, and the wolf. This sounds like a, wolf. a fable. This sounds like a fable. Like yes, you're describing it's, it's a fable. The, it's the original version of the little old lady who swallowed a fly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she swallowed the snake to get the rat. She swallowed. If the you predator give a mouse a the cookie, snake. then you have to give a snake a mouse. If you give the predator a wolf, he's gonna want a bear. <laughs> if you give the predator I really a bear, liked the animal fucking each other up sequences too. I mean, I liked really the fact that. that the predator clearly did actually struggle with that bear, and there was a part of me that legitimately thought maybe this bear is gonna kill this predator, and then we're gonna like jump ahead or something, and the oh, next or then they're gonna have to send another predator, right? And like the next predator will come down, and he will be even more stronger than the last predator. It's like sure. it's like if it's a video game, right? And you like go to a new section of the map, and you get like murdered by something, but then you come back after having like leveled up elsewhere in the map, and then suddenly you can win. So like you know, it's like we send a level two predator down. What we really need to maybe send is like a level four, because apparently they've got yeah. you know a thousand pound. Claw monsters. Um, Speaking of which, I loved his mask, and that is a different mask 
than we've it seen in, in at least the original film. I don't know about was the other it, ones. Was it like a, a, did he like sew up other skulls? Was it, because I know he took the uh, coyote, the wolf skull, right? And it looked well, like the, it was those like. Are, those are all trophies. So yeah, they um, yeah. skulls as trophies. I, it, de- it definitely looked bone. I don't know yeah, if that's, that's just I'm... like him being fucking cool and like. Sl- no, it looked like it was bone. It looked like it was, um. I don't know, just an, a more ancient version of the mask worn in the original mm-hmm. Predator, like like that there was a, a clear time difference 300 years ago in that society. The problem with that, the only, well, not the only problem I have with that, is like, oh, you know, it's like 300 <laughs> years ago, so it's a bone mask. They still have interstellar travel, though. But <laughs> I did think all, about that, too. All of their ships are made of bones. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> what is light year? But I mean, you do go home with souvenirs when you go travel to another state or like another country and you bring back whatever it is that you have, no matter. The skull of a tourist that I murdered. (laughs) Oh, you love it. (laughs) I just picked it up at the uh, canyon the other day. I went to Switzerland and I murdered a chocolatier and then brought his skull home. (laughs) That's the most offensive thing I've ever said on this podcast. A chocolatier. <laughs> uh, you, you, you go to Switzerland, you think you're only going to be able to kill chocolatiers? We've got bankers too, man. <laughs> um, what and, I like too watches. is the parallels. The parallels of the medicine use. Like he was obviously cauterizing his his uh, his uh, wounds. Yeah. The yeah, same. Ooh, the same time. There were multiple arm removals that I thought were good parallels as well. Gotta love you. An arm <laughs> I also like the, multiple the, arm removals. I like the I mean, legless dude. I don't know how else to say it. Amputations, I guess. Yeah, is there like delimmings? Yeah. <laughs> ah. Dismemberment. That's it, right? No. Dismemberment means... Uh, I thought dismemberment means... Oh, that's disembowel. Sorry. Yeah. It does that a couple of times. It's a dismember. It does that to a wolf. I, I looked up dismember. It's a it's a Swedish death metal band. Swedish. Um, <laughs> so clearly, I was wrong. Why is it not giving me like the definition of dismember? Definition: cut off limbs of a person or animal. Yeah. 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 Does it have to be multiple though? Like, is it a different thing if it's only one member? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, I think I think I think the bone skull kind of mass thing. I think it's supposed to be a little bit of kind of whatever you want to kind of interpret it as, because it definitely had like a mechanical function as well. It wasn't just like bone. It was it it did something as well. Like it it was it was part of his his facial structure and his mask system. Um, The mask like the sword, the sword, the lightsaber of a Jedi. Like, do you have to build your own? Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe like you get. I don't know, because like all the masks we've seen in the present day ish films are like metal, right? Like, yes, yes that's and, what I'm saying. but they, but they all look a little bit different. The the predators are all just a little bit more, a little bit uh, stylistically a little bit different. Well, like I think in the, the predator, one of the 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 predators, is like mm-hmm. two feet taller than the other predator, and actually kills that predator. And mm-hmm. that little boy has the the predator mask, right? And he like shoots him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, like the mask clearly is like the hub of their whole defense system. I th- I don't know. I liked it though. It's cool. It's like you do wonder, like, is he a novice 
right? Like, is he the first predator to come here? And they're like, you know, he's a lower level, so he's got a bone mask on. And so the next one who came is the one that like meets Arnold Schwarzenegger. And this time he's like a little bit bigger, a little bit like more literally metal because he's got a metal mask. Like, I don't know. I there's There's something about the unknowability that I think is fun. This is one of those things where I feel like if you over explain it too much, you start to get like, Bill, honestly, when you were like, if they reach like the, a certain point, like, and you disarm, like you fight each other, like that's part of the mm-hmm. culture in the first predator. I just like the idea that Arnold Schwarzenegger was just like such a badass that he was like, fight me like a man to an alien. And the alien was just like, Oh yeah, I get it. I understand what's happening. Let's do that. Sure. Like, I think yeah. it's more. I think it's almost more fun if it's just like they sort of got into a bar fight in the jungle. Rather well, than the I, I, I mean, being like this is actually a part of our culture. Thank you for being so thoughtful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, that's that's classic Star Wars, right? Where Luke and Leia weren't supposed to be related, and then by the second movie they were, right? And it's just like, right. oh yeah, no, they didn't. They didn't. Ha- they didn't have that shit written out in the first film. They, these were, and in fact, like I'm, I was reading something just just now. Now you know this is an Arnold Schwarzenegger quote about his own filmmaking, you know, history. So take it for what it's worth. But apparently they first approached him with a script that was basically him versus the predator and he was like uh, what if what if it's like me and a bunch of commandos and then like they get picked off and then it's me versus the predator right. he's so like that sounds much more interesting right, then, i mean that's he's he's a smart man in terms of that narrative i mean like one of the things i liked about all the other predator movies i saw was the you know, like I said, the ragtag cast of characters, even in even in Shane Black's The Predator, which, again, was clearly fucked with and was like a mess. I liked the weird like VA mental hospital rejects that he ends up hooking up with. They're all very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they're, that's like fun, you know, having that. I, I kind of wish that we got a little more of that in this movie. But when when her brother comes back in. Like, I was totally on board. Like, I, I loved that just well, being, like, the main thing. Because we do get, like, the other couple of guys who get messed up. But, like, I don't feel like they they were around long enough to, like, build their own personality. Sure, we, like, it was just, like, we, which dismissive alpha male is going to die this time? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, one thing I will say is that they seem fairly calm about the fact that they're fighting something that at times they clearly cannot see, right? And at times will unearth or un uncamouflage itself and it's, you know, this seven foot monster. And it when when the command she's like hop over that log while she's kind of like still tied, uh her her wrists are still tied and kind of defenseless when one of the Comanches like jumps over that log, I'm like, bro, jump the other way, run. Like, what are you doing? Like, you just saw that thing, like pull out swords and then like dismember your other like leader. Like I'm running the other way. I'm not, I'm not fighting this thing. Well, Bill, that's why you'll never be uh, a true man. I don't know. <laughs> you will be a true predator. But I will say they get some licks in on the predator. Everyone like, does. That's like one of the things yeah. I like about this. But but again, that does lead to the problem that this bond I talked about, where it's just like there's a spear through his throat. 
Are you telling me he's not slowing down even a little bit? Like, can we? Yeah. Well, yeah. I I have a comment on that as far as like coming at it from like a Native American, like, uh, you know, spirituality, I guess, you know, angle It's just, you know, a lot of our stories have to do with, you know, uh, fighting mythical creatures in the sense, you know, um, and, you know, it, for me, at least it doesn't make that much of a jump. I mean, yeah, in a sense, like modern day, I'm trying to be like, why would they do that? But coming at it from like creation story, um, you know, we have a lot of stories about fighting the monsters and fighting all these things. So it's not terribly too hard for me to try to make that mental jump for like what it would be like back for them um, to be fighting monsters, to be fighting the supernatural. Um, and even now it today, um, there's a lot of like quote Bigfoot activity. It's kind of like the it's like the known thing on the reservations, you know, oh God, UFO we're sightings. It. We're finally Bigfoot. talking about Bigfoot. Yes. <laughs> and so the supernatural does play like a huge part in our everyday life. We actually have on the Navajo Nation like rangers that are specifically um like their their task is to go talk to people who have seen Bigfoot. Like like they oh. have like actual okay, people. Awesome. Oh my god! Don't tell Brian this. He's gonna. It's like, too late. I already heard it. I'm on the podcast. <laughs> and <laughs> so, like, it's yeah. So it's not too hard for me to like make that mental jump. And it's just like, oh yeah, you know, like, well, this is, you know, I think she even says it, and I and I would have to go back into like the Comanche or you know, understanding those words to talk to someone who is who knows Comanche. But she does say, I saw you know this thing, and I think she probably was saying like, hey, I saw this mythical creature. I saw this. Yeah, like it's like you know, they, they, they mentioned they mention oh you mean that thing that they tell us in like it you know yeah, the time stories story. yeah. yeah it's you know bill it's like if 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 a if a literal angel showed up right you know halo wings and shit and it was me and an atheist friend who would handle that better <laughs> right sure i'm gonna be like oh shit it's the archangel gabriel and my friend would be like you're not supposed to exist and then just yeah. collapse probably like you know there is there is a level of openness to other things that I think would allow people to. I mean, like if Mary Beth McAndrews <laughs> and uh, Christopher Hitchens were walking together in the forest, and the Mothman showed up in front of them, Mary Beth would well, be cool, and Hitchens would lose his shit. Like yeah. I, I think I think one thing that Despa is also kind of getting at that, like you know, it's it's fair to be like, why are these dummies running at this giant monster? But also at the same time, the opening sequence or the opening kind of twenty minutes is them tracking a lion. That's not like well, I, that's the thing. Is, I don't that's think not it's... necessarily that's not necessarily that lion is like invading its. T- their territory no the lion is just in their territory right it's got its own den and everything like that and it's like oh no we're gonna go fuck this lion up like we have to get it out of the area hunting him yeah and so like clearly they have no no like fear of attacking a predator you would run away because you know Sure. You're not a man. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, well, the French guys are like a demon. Like, well, yeah, is, I mean, it's so natural for them to just be like, yeah, this is this is part of our culture. This is part of our lore. It's a demon for her. It's, you know, a myth, uh, you know, part of their religious um, background. And for me, I would have been like, Fuck, right. if, 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 if if a knight in the 15th century saw a dragon, he would 
put his visor down and charge the dragon. If, yes. <laughs> if a coder in modern day San Francisco saw a dragon, he would run away screaming into the nearest BART station. Like yeah. that's, there's differences. So, I was talking to my uncle's boyfriend the other day and he was like saying something. I mean, he, he literally just basically explained the ancient aliens theory, but he's yes. like, that's Same. the next hour of this podcast, by the way. I'm glad we finally got here. We're going to talk about the Skinwalker Ranch. We're going to talk about the Nazca Lines. We're going to talk about Stonehenge. All right. Great. You can just go back to Reddit for that. But I, so, okay. So his theory or this, what he was explaining is that like, he does, he's not really a believer of in religious stuff, but his, his theory is that um, other civilizations out in the universe are much more advanced or at least begun much more advanced than we were, you know, 500,000, 2000 years ago. So, you know, maybe early humans or humans from thousands or hundreds of years ago encountered aliens, but they were so technologically advanced that they were godlike. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I just watched that thing on History Channel when I was 12. And my I'm mind pretty sure that low. he basically just said Thor. Like, <laughs> that, that's exactly. stupid. Like, but, but, any, um, any, my uncle's boyfriend any... didn't grow up in the US, so I don't know what exposure he had to, like, you know, History Channel and Discovery Channel. Okay, so first shit. of all, the, all of that ancient alien stuff is born of a book by Eric Von Doniken called Chariots of the Gods. And he was, like, the first guy to really jump on and say, Hear me out. What if aliens came to the Egyptians and like this whole thing about the guy bringing the sun and a chariot and like, you know, is is like they're explaining a spaceship and they've applied this to literally everything. They've applied it to um, fucking like Christian theology, uh, a lot of like Indian religions. There's like people who think that certain aspects of like an Indian ancient text that I, I will not try to say the name of is like talking about a nuclear warfare it's bananas. Like, that is the thing. I can't, I don't need, how did we get here? I don't care. I mean, this isn't is 2001 A Space Odyssey also <laughs> kind of based on this? Isn't Prometheus based on this? Oh, Prometheus is definitely. Prometheus is like, yes. Fermi is a thing. The idea that the earth was seeded <laughs> by another civilization to be, for what means, who knows? And like, yeah, that's a big part of this is that like, oh, these aliens come to us in times of trouble and like guide us towards, they're like trying to move us towards something and so, like, you know, they help the Egyptians and all the pyramids all across the, the world think that. are on the certain line. And there's like a universal power source that flows between all of them. The Predator is kind of like the West World, like of like the Earth is like the West World for the Predator. Yes. 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 Sure. Like it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, what's funny is I bet these Predators go back to their home world and they take off their bone helmets and they, you know, put their, their, their darts in the little key tray next to their front door. <laughs> yeah. And they say hi to their predator families and then only, they go back. Only Bill knows if this is true or to not. To trading predator <laughs> stocks on Predator Wall Street. Because these are just like the rich assholes who go to Africa to kill decrepit elephants. <laughs> and they have something much stronger than bullet bourbon or something to like, you know, ease the day after their long hunt and travel. Oh, you know? can you imagine the kinds of recreational drugs they probably have on Predator Wall <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're just they're just drinking xenomorph blood. What are you talking about? They're like that stuff is spicy, man. You got to dilute it with just a little bit of baking powder to lower the pH, and then you shoot it into your eyeballs. <laughs> you have the best sex of your life. Like, what kind of frogs are they taking? 
happening. Um, well, I mean, anyway. look, we gotta it's, we gotta explain why the predators' blood what, glows green. green. Like right. they, they are on some acid, right? Like they are they are fully like tripped out. They are tripped out. Tripped out out of their goddamn gourds. They don't even know they're hunting people. It's oxidizing with the oxygen it's in our air. Normally, it would be purple on their planet. Uh huh. In, in, in the HBO, HBO Max. Max. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, oh, Jesus! Yeah, so, right. Robin, how did it all comes verbal circle? Callback, baby. How do how do we get on the subject of ancient aliens? Um, because we're trying to figure out, you know, how did the characters rationalize uh, this thing that. You know what? I don't know how naturalized the idea of a being from the cosmos was to this culture at this particular time, and was it, and 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 to the French uh, colonists at this particular time? Like I kept thinking, like, it must be so mind blowing, and then I was just like, oh no, these people like believe in alien like, angels and shit. So like, right, no. She, well, so they kind of they kind of do it in in the movie itself. You know, she sees a spaceship, but she says it's a Thunderbird. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like they they're you know, exactly what we were just talking about 10 minutes ago is they're much better at rationalizing what they're seeing because the their culture is woven with stories of of right. fantastical and, and that's how I brought it back to my Catholicism. Yeah. And in fact, this is one of the things that I <laughs> I giggled like a fucking fiend on some sort of crazy predator drug. Um, when I was watching Midnight Mass, the the Netflix m- miniseries or limited series, mm-hmm. or whatever they call it now, when, spoilers for Midnight Mass, I guess, um, when the priest is kind of doing a monologue about what happened to him and why he's young again, and he sees what is 100%. Hamish Linklater, who also yeah. went to Amherst College? What? Incredible. It all comes back to Amherst, baby. <laughs> all mm. things lead back to Amherst. Um, so he he is like, you know, I got lost in the desert and I was going to die. And then I saw standing over me. And they show in the literal reality of the, the, the television show what is very clearly a goddamn motherfucking winged vampire. It is a Nosferatu. It is, the, it is horrible. And he's like, oh, it's wings. I'm filled with a sense of terror. It's an angel because, like, that's what every time you see an angel in the Bible, Lucifer is an angel. It says you, it fills you with terror, and like, it's got the wings, and it looks. So yeah, it's that kind of thing where, like, a stoner (laughs) from Miami (laughs) would see this vampire in the desert and say, "Oh shit, it's a vampire," (laughs) because he is uh, that guy from Scooby Doo, right? Because he's shaggy. Um, (laughs) But Hamish Linklater, Amherst alum, who. who is playing this priest sees it and his cultural touch point is it's an angel. It's it all plays in together. And that's one of the things like, I love Has that. This like, character never encountered vampires. Like, has, no? has he never heard of what a vampire is? I don't know. Maybe he thought they were like super sexy with like really thick brown hair. <laughs> that's can you imagine if you see like an old school, terrifying vampire and you don't realize it's a vampire because it's not sexy. <laughs> it doesn't sparkle, you know. Right, it can't be a vampire. You're not, not a fang banger. Oh God, no, I'm not a fang banger. Um, 
V. A that was bang banger. It's worse than a chuckle fucker. Did you not ever watch that? You never show? heard the, that the show? With oh, the, was uh, it the, the Suki and the and the? Oh, yeah. that's right. No, I never they called, they called humans the who fucked vampires bang bangers, <laughs> and they got high off of <laughs> fang vampire blood. Like fangs, fangs, like fangs, like bang bangers. Because when you no. fuck a vampire and they bite you, it's like a it's like a high, like the 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 yeah, concept yeah, yeah. in that show. So like yeah, so like. Like Jason when you Stackhouse. date um, a comedian and he's depressed all the time and you're just like, why did I do this? I don't feel like that's the same thing. Yeah. Depressed a banger? Fucker. Okay. Oh, a chuckle fucker. A okay. chuckle fucker. Chuckle oh, okay. Fucker. I'd never heard that before. Yeah, it's like Miranda in the Sex and the City sequel. She's a total chuckle fucker. Oh, for what is it? Che Diaz? Hey, it's Che Diaz. Yes, yeah. yes. yes. Wait, I never wait, saw wait, that, wait. but I'm fully aware of that whole yeah, because Che Diaz debacle. is like the enemy of Twitter for about two months. Wait, Robin, explain that again really quickly. What is a chuckle fucker? A chuckle fucker is somebody who like comedy bangs comedy? comedians. Oh, okay. Okay. God, that must be so much worse than being a star fucker. It's like the much worse version of a star fucker and apparently a fang banger. I mean, yeah, being a fang banger sounds awesome. If I'm being completely honest. Um my Catholicism says <laughs> vampires are sexy. Now, this brings us to the very important question. What do you think it would be like to fuck a predator? No, Jesus. <laughs> Bill, I, I think you should ask that. You should, you should ask that grizzly bear, I think. <laughs> yeah, at what uh, point probably did no go good. from fighting to making love? Yeah. Assuming it's barbed? You're yeah, exactly. You probably barb like a cat. <laughs> I um, I'm gonna. Uh, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go on TikTok. I'm almost positive oh, that no, someone on TikTok Brian. has probably already talked about this. I have to get this. the spray bottle again. <laughs> spray bottle. <laughs> uh, yeah, TikTok's great. Um, oh man. All right. What? Uh, are there, are there any other? Have we answered your question, Robin? Like, do you let's, let's, accept? Let's, well, I just want to know, hey, Robin, do you accept, like, the? is it all makes sense now why they would be like, yeah, that's a predator. We got to kill it. I, I mean, that was my that was the, my takeaway from the movie, but it was still kind of mind-blowing to me because I, one of the things I really liked about the original Predator is that Schwarzenegger was just like, oh, fuck, like, mm-hmm. realizes what he's up against. It, yeah. And I loved that. um that shock moment and and there's not really that much of a shock moment here because they're just like yeah it's you know it's you this know. this thing it's the it's a demon like i'm i'm prepared for this i there is there is a level like there's there's a i don't even know the right way to put this if i were to tell my daughter tomorrow the sky is going to turn purple and we're going to have to like wear raincoats for the next 4 months because jelly is going to fall out of the sky she would be fine with it. <laughs> she would she would hear that, she would accept it, and she would move on with her life. Yeah. If because she is open to that possibility. Yes. I, I agree. Not. But like if you tell me, <laughs> right, like if you tell me like when you die you're going to go to heaven and see all your loved ones again, I'm like, "Cool, got it. That makes sense to me." Yes. There is a certain level of cynicism that you gain as you get older and lose touch with whatever religion or spirituality you have, where you start to become hardened to the concept of experiences outside of the norm. And that that kind of deadens you inside. And I feel like this movie shows us a culture that is very open to these things. Like the people are clearly like dismissive of her when she's talking about like skinned animals, 
But once they are face to face with this hallucinogenic monster and it's fucking killing their friends, they pivot very quickly to like, well, we know what we got to do now. Like, this is what we got to do. Much in the same way that like back in the day, people were like, "Uh oh, like our crops are failing, must be a witch. Like, you know, there's there's just a level of credulity and openness to these things that I think we, and in a modern context, can be hard to to believe because we're slowly being desensitized to concepts of anything outside of what we'd consider normal behavior and normal experience. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. So, so do we? Um, do we know why it went straight to Hulu? Did they just not think it would make any money? I don't know. That's a good question. I I think I think they were just trying to be competitive with everybody else, really. Which I don't I, 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 I mean, I don't know. I'm just I'm assuming everybody is just trying to do the whole streaming thing now. I mean, that's except for everything. HBO Max, which is like fuck streaming, we're going back to theaters. I don't know. It 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 is it's a little weird to me. I think I would have honestly, I wonder if I would have rated this movie higher if I saw it in theaters. I I, w- I would have liked to have seen it on a bigger screen than uh, like literally not um, a phone screen. <laughs> but also like on the literal big screen yeah like i would have really enjoyed that you could you could have watched it on an ipad and it would have been a bigger screen than the one you watched it i also was very bad because sometimes i would like if i had to get something done while i was at the airport i would like squeeze it into like the one one inch part of the screen because i had to like look up my boarding pass or something we've talked about this before with your viewing habits i can't even remember what the other movie was Oh gosh, what was it? I don't know. I watch a lot of movies in all sorts of settings like that. I I watch a lot of stuff on my phone too. I I watch this on my like twenty seven inch screen TV, which is like the first TV I've ever bought in my life. I watch this on my fifty five (laughs) inch flat screen, which is slowly dying. There, I you know you can buy like a cheap Vizio that's still going to be like seventy inches. I know (laughs) that's the so like I I've been looking at them because this this TV is dying. The there's like. Like I can see the lines going. Oh back. no, that's done. Yeah. Oh wait, like, no, mine's forty. Mine's forty. Oh. Yeah. I I, really I, I what you thought it was. Yeah. No. Yeah. I thought it. I was like, wait, that's really too small. No, it's like forty. It's forty. Forty-one. I yeah, mean, that's I, a like. I would like an eighty-inch if I could. It's not going to. My room could not handle. Said the woman to the soldier, whatever. But I'm also wondering too if it might have had like a COVID thing because I know um, one of the writers in my room actually went to the premiere in LA, um, and uh, you know he was just like, yeah, it was just kind of like COVID central. There's still mm-hmm. like that concern with having uh, being in large settings and co- mm-hmm. like large I events don't. that way. I mean, but we just got we just got a bunch of like big ass big ass movies. Um, we got Elvis. We got Ma- Maverick. Yeah, yeah. We got yeah. There was another one. Well, I just I was just in the theater last week. What the fuck did we talk about? What did we talk about? <laughs> Couldn't have been what great. Did we talk about after Elvis. <laughs> God, Bill, do you remember? You weren't here, were you? No, I was here for that movie. I can't remember. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, if y'all are relying on me, y'all are really no, fucked. I forgot I saw that. That's not good that we couldn't remember that. Um, yeah, I mean, we saw Nope, and that's the thing is like Nope made a lot of money. Nope, a horror film of an original ilk. This movie is not original, clearly, but insofar as it taps pre-existing IP, I think it's pretty fucking original. Yeah. Like, and that's the mm-hmm. thing that's great about Predator is you could fuck up any genre you want. Like, if I were like in an elevator with someone and I had like 14 floors to pitch them stuff, 
I would just say a genre and then say, but it's a predator movie. Yeah. Be like, Romance, right, it's a, but it's, it's a, a predator movie. Black and white noir detective movie, but it's a predator movie. Uh, oh my God, wait, 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 wait. Predators going on their first date together, killing a bunch of people, tag team. It's, it's, it's Mr. and Mrs. Predator? <laughs> No, like like fifty first predators. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I was gonna say like it's it's a it's an uplifting historically based like race or gender movie, but then there's a predator in it. So like a league of our own, but there's a predator at some point. <laughs> Wait, there's no crying in this movie, right? <laughs> no, you can't cry. <laughs> If you cry, it there's no crying in predators. What if it's like if what you if cry, you can the die. Next, the next time we should follow like an amoral <laughs> predator who doesn't attack other predators and only goes after the prey. So like you wow. have to pick up a gun or he'll try to kill you. Mm. That's a yeah. twist. How about that? That's a twist. It, it keeps it keeps it up. keeps planting planting weapons on everything <laughs> that it kills. It's just like, like a and you get City a gun. Police officer. It keeps yes. slipping guns on people. Exactly. Uh, well, I can't go back to Baltimore now, so that's great. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, so do we have any final thoughts on this? Uh, would you see a spinoff of this? I don't know what that means. Like a TV like, series. Uh, maybe not a TV series. What? Maybe another movie in this like like with direct this lineage same protagonist, perhaps. Yeah. I th- again, I just I just said it. I'll see any movie if you go, but it's got a predator in it. So like, if you said, <laughs> like except if, for Alien versus Predator, yeah, you're like, ah, the mm, too but much. If you said too much. it's Titanic, but there's a predator in it. I'd be all for it. So if you want to like choose other random historical moments in human history. And throw a predator in it. Like, I'm here. Yeah. So I, in that way, I'm down. I don't know that I need to see Naru and her people again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of almost feel like it was like it was done, you know, um, mm-hmm. in the to, to move on to like, yeah, another another thing. I, I don't mind saying like the same kind of slowness or whatever, the same kind of like, what I guess, formula that they came up with with this one. Um, in like a different setting, maybe possibly. I mean, if I were a producer, I'd be like, yeah, you know, just sell me on it. I will, you know, makes it, make it make sense. And then I would see how the Egyptians deal with them. I would love it. Totally. If it was like one of the, oh, okay. I shouldn't even say the mummy. Good idea. Oh no. I was going to say it's go ahead. No, I was like, it's the mummy. But it meets, but Bummy meets Predator. Money, mummy meets Predator. So like Laurel and Hardy <laughs> meet the Wolfman, but Mummy meets Predator. <laughs> so what I was going to say is what you got to do is you got to, you got to make it sort of like that movie Apollo 18 where like they posit that like there was a secret mission to the moon and we never went back. Oh because like no. There were aliens. So, but you got to yes. do it. You got to do it where it's one of the initial like lethal unsuccessful attempts to summit uh, Mount Everest. And the reason that they didn't make it to the top is because they ran into a predator. I don't think we've ever seen Predator in Ice, right? Or was uh, the first no, alien that, 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 predator? That, yeah, that's that's the first alien versus oh, God predator. God damn it! They Prometheus. Really now, now we have to circle back and do Prometheus versus the Predator. <laughs> Wait, but isn't Prometheus the name of the ship? Or are you saying the man who the stole guy. fire from the gods? 
Maybe the the albi- albino dude, that that dude. Oh, you're talking about the engineers. Oh, yes, okay. the engineers. Yes, the engineer means predator. What yeah, because that's who- that's a big motherfucker too. Who? What was the name of the early? I don't know if he fucks mothers. I don't know. <laughs> so you know, you know the you know Lucy, the like the the like oldest found ancestor of humanity. Sure, yeah. she's like three million years old or whatever. Lucy versus Predator. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh. oh my gosh. Let's let's get now, the fuck out of here. I was about to say, yeah. now that I've landed that one. Um it landed with a bunch of fucking nerds. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, a bunch of anthropologists right now are like, fuck yeah, Lucy. She's four feet tall. She died at 30. Like, yeah. Somehow we went from like Noah's Raven to Prometheus to Predator, Comanche Nation, planets, mummies, Egyptians, and Hamish Linklater. Hamish Linklater. And We, yeah. I mean, God, there's so much. Okay. So I looked it up. Actually, Lucy was about a meter tall. So she's even shorter than I was expecting. I don't know what a meter is. It's like three feet. Yeah, 39 inches. Damn, you just had that ready to go. <laughs> That's that geolo- geology been, geology degree? Yeah, geology. Yeah, geology degree. It, that it's why been you that? Yes, exactly. Sweet. Yeah. It's All been right. awesome. You getting a geology degree or being here? Being here. I love this. Like, so getting, you know, I'm getting the geology degree sucked. Oh, well, oh God, no, that's a new can of worms. No, I actually purposely got the geology degree because it's like, I knew I couldn't do the physics at Amherst or I could probably do it somewhere else. But like, I really wanted to be like in the cool crowd, like they were getting a new geology building. I loved the professor there. Her name was Tekla. Um, Yeah, yeah, totally. Tekla was like- Are you telling me that at Amherst, all the cool kids took geology? Yes. Oh, totally. Oh, it's like the most popular major. Yeah. That's yeah. Incredible. Like, and, uh, if you want to study geology, you should go there. Like, don't go to Harvard. No offense, Harvard, but like, just go to. When Amish. I was young, I really wanted to be a paleontologist. And one of like the ways into that would have been getting a geology degree. Yeah. No, I, I totally will plug the geology oh, department. If, if, I had, if I had decided to actually do that, odds are we all would have been at Amherst at around the mm-hmm. same time, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. You would have been in 09, I think. Totally. I'm just saying, like, yeah, it, it was all, it was like all the hippie kids and they was, they did like really cool trips, to, like Hawaii and stuff. Oh yeah, that's right. I that didn't get to so do that, but it was. Better than journalism. <laughs> 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 the, the shitty thing about, you were talking about like getting a new building. Like we got to watch a new journalism building get built and then get like christened or whatever the fuck they do to a building. Like the semester after I graduated. Oh shit. So mm-hmm. I got to take all of my journalism classes in the shitty, like, 70-year-old building without air conditioning. Anyway. Yeah. Any final yeah. any final thoughts? Uh, I'm going to say only from Dispa before we get out of here. <laughs> um, Native representation matters. Um, you know, this has just been such a, I guess, huge moment for Natives in film. We've got Rutherford Falls and we've got, you know, Dark Winds. We have Reservation Dogs. Now we have Amber Mid-Thunder in Predator Prey movie. And I just can't wait to see, you know, more inclusivity. I can't wait to see more representation of Native stories. Um, You know, more showrunners, more directors, more producers, just really filling out the space in TV and film. I'm just, I am so here for it. 
There was that TV show, I guess, on ABC called Stumptown. Did anyone watch this? Mm-mm. No. So it, it starred Kobe Smulders as like uh, an Iraq war vet who was like turned into a private detective and actually had like a very and it takes place in Portland. And it, it was very deeply tied into the native population there, too, because like her her ex-fiance was a part of of one of the tribes there. And she was like constantly dealing with the interplay between like how his family felt about her and the different like jurisdictional thing between like Portland police bureau and them. It was, and I was, I just remember watching it and being like, this is incredible. Like this is such an interesting true to life, like actual thing. Like why isn't this more of a thing everywhere? And so it is nice in like the intervening years to have seen that actually becoming something we're actually like seeing in popular culture. Yeah. 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 And this movie is another great entry in that um, that I wish I liked more. <laughs> and it's, not just, it's not just pop culture. Like I was listening to something today about how um, like, I mean, this is like sounds very monolithic, but how Native American food systems and Native American foodways um, are kind of coming back into consciousness to some degree, like there are restaurants that have opened up. There are projects to bring back um, like indigenous um, seeds and, and, you know, the seeds that were like sewn into the pockets of, of women who, you know, walked the trail of tears and how they're using those seeds to actually grow new vegetables and, and all this kind of stuff. And I was just thinking like, I want more of American food culture to like, to rep, to have that representation of like what was originally in the soil and, and what the people were actually eating and, and how we can bring that into like, um, you know, the current, current culture. So I don't think it's just what we see on TV um, or in, in movies, but also like what we eat and um, how we can, I don't know, better appreciate like where we all are, like physically, geographically. Yeah. I feel like it, you know, I was trying to explain this the other day and it just kind of occurred to me. I'm like, you know, we have to take turns talking, right? You know, one person's talking and the other person. And I really feel like this is the time in this space and human history where, you know, natives do <laughs> do have the talking stick. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just really important that we allow those stories and these moments um, and the knowledge that comes from indigenous people in Northern, in North America, in this particular part of the world, um, specifically, but just, you know, all over because there's indigenous people all over the world, um, to their particular continents in their, in their land. Yes. Um, but I think that this is definitely a time for the talking stick to now move into those indigenous stories. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting what you were saying about like even food culture. Cause like I, this it's weird, but like in the distilling space, as more craft distillers pop up and more people become more adventurous in what they're trying, like heirloom varieties of like grains and stuff have become a mm-hmm. huge thing. So like, Oh, it's a huge deal. So when yeah. like when I made uh, my, my personal line of whiskey, Inkwell whiskey, um, inkwellwhiskey.com, I used, <laughs> I used heritage uh, grains. So like bloody butcher red corn, which is mm. like native to, I think Virginia. Um, and like all these other things that are like, you know, now cropping up where people are like rediscovering and trying to basically resurrect these yeah. things that kind of got shunted away because of like the modern monoculture of agriculture. Yes, absolutely. So been, or because awesome. of racism and power systems changing and I don't know, just all sorts of things like 
there's there's a movement and it's not just in in you know indigenous foods too but like understanding the history of american food american food through you know the mid-atlantic slave trade and understanding that how much of what we think of as like anyway i'm just on my soapbox about this but like so much of what we think of, of as american food is actually because um enslaved peoples brought the their knowledge of foods and their crops here and integrated that into what we now think of as like quote unquote American food. But anyway, well, yeah, I mean, it's like the, the like the, the concept of like the melting pot sounds like a, a stupid dream. But like if you look at the way that like I don't, all immigrant cultures eventually fused into one, like, you know, mm-hmm. you, you look at like country music being a fusion of like African music and like Irish folk music and all this other yeah. stuff. And then how that eventually led to like rock and roll. And it's just nuts. It's crazy. Yeah, I and totally I, agree. Or like, I don't know how about. I learned this weekend that Wiener Schnitzel or, or like Wiener Schnitzel is actually Italian in origin. Like, not a shock to me. It's I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not when you think fries. about geographically, but you're like, <laughs> oh, like this classic um, Austrian food is actually quote unquote not Austrian or whatever. Well, it's like, or how uh, Swedish meatballs is like Turkish in origin. I think I mean, one of the things that like also is helping to kind of open up this conversation is like, we're now have ready accessibility to like DNA tests. Yeah. And so like, you know, for a, there's like a concept that you can't really like look into or, or like engage with a culture that's not your own. And suddenly we're all finding out like how much we are a part of everything else. Like for the longest time, I basically just like was like, yeah, I'm Irish and Italian. And then I get my DNA test results back and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so many friggin' things. Like it's, mm-hmm. But so, you know, it's it's kind of overwhelming to realize that, like, your, your life has just been distilled to this thing, but there's so much more to you. And yeah. being able to see that, like, you know, finding out that I'm I'm looking at it now, I think like 13 percent. It says indigenous America's Mexico. Like, that's nuts. Like, I don't seem like that would be a thing, but it's cool to find that out. And then you get to go out and look for it. And you you open up the world through this, like, realization that you're not as like singular and alone and like homogenous as you thought you were. Yeah. Or, or it makes you think about like the, the power systems that made your ancestors want to be white passing. Like, Oh yeah. I wish my grandfather was still alive. I'm sure that's a story, but I don't know. But anyway, that's a whole other thing, but anyway, representation, (laughs) very important. (laughs) I like how I said one last thing. And then suddenly we started talking for another 15 minutes. (laughs) And then for another three hours. <laughs> uh, this is part one. Uh, part two, we will record tomorrow. <laughs> um, yes, we joke, uh, but it's not funny, really. Um, actually, so yeah, uh, Desbot, this has been great. I hope that you come back some other time to talk about something else if you'd like to. Oh, totally. I love this. This is great. Thank you for having me. Appreciate love it. this more than getting a geology degree. <laughs> All right. Uh, don't... <laughs> what was that, Robin? Oh, just like quote, quote of Desba. Loved this <laughs> podcast more than my geology degree. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's that's all for today. Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash filmstageshow to give us your money. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at filmstageshow, Facebook, the Filmstage show. Don't forget to go to movie, mubi.com slash filmstage for a free 30-day trial of the curated streaming service that we love more than any other. Um, what what color would Mubi have made the Predator's blood? Orange? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what what's what color <laughs> you, movie is. Do you, know, do you know the app color <laughs> movie? It's like a. It's kind of like a dark blue. So I guess it would be dark blue blood. Um. <laughs> anyway, so that's great. Let's tell. Or Robin, what the Navi. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> uh.
different alien. <laughs> I was actually about to say, like, we actually should have really given James Cameron credit for people learning more and caring more about native cultures. <laughs> oh, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and thus began the fourth hour of the podcast. I, I am full on Homer Simpson stepping into the bushes right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I really appreciate all of this. This is great. Thank awesome. you for having me. Yes. Robin, what are we talking about yeah. next week? Oh, Jesus. Robin, Christ. you're breaking up. <laughs> we need to end this podcast right now. And I'm an unfamiliar Wi Fi. I don't know. But uh, so apologies for the gentleman on Twitter who asked what we, were watch- what we were listening to this week. And I said it was Resurrection, but it was actually Prey. So the next week, as far as I'm understanding, is Resurrection. So that's what we're doing. Okay, awesome. And much much as our our protagonist in the film Prey was in unfamiliar territory, Robin is struggling in unfamiliar Wi-Fi. Sorry. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right, that's cool. That's great. Let's tell the fine people at home where you can be found between now and the next time. Start with our guest, Desba. Where can people follow your work or see your stuff? Um, mostly on the Instagram, so Desba, D-E-Z-B-A-A. And I am working on my own website. Desba.com. Nice. All right, Bill Graham. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CableBFG, but I don't tweet much, but I am on Instagram at Billstagram and then mixing it up in the Slack channel. All right. Robin Barr. Find me on Twitter at R-O-B-Y-N-B-A-H-R, also uh, at Letterboxd. And uh, I, you can sometimes find my writing at The Hollywood Reporter. Nice. As for me, uh, you can find all my stuff at BrianJerone.com. You can find my writing and stuff at TheFilmStage.com. And of course, you can follow me on all the social media apps that I'm a part of at Brian J. Rowan. Um, so yeah, do that. It's it's great. Uh, and don't forget to go to inkwellwhiskey.com or schmidtspirits.com to learn more about the, the whiskey that I make. So that is it for today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us and tune in next week. Later.